Welcome to the live. My name is Charlie. Well, today we're going to cover building a winning ad account in 2021, how to succeed inside of Facebook in the new year. I hope you're all having fun. We're going to cover nine topics today and then give you some homework. So I hope you're having fun. This is going to be a good show. I said that twice, but the cold brew is kicking in. My cup is empty. Let's go. All right. So subject number one. Let's get started. So subject number one, centralize your ad spend. Now, why this is important is Facebook is a big data system. Now, what does that really mean to you? It means that if you are spending money in a lot of different places, then you're not able to collate all of that data together. If you're not able to collate all that data together, then it means that the dollars that you are spending are not providing incremental value. You're not building a stable ecosystem. You are generally trying to get little pockets of success. Now, while little pockets of success absolutely make sense, the problem that that inherently brings to you is that it means you can't build long-term success. And we're going to get to this a little bit later, but the biggest point of why we want to do this is because the machine learning algorithm's number one objective is to find you and be able to predictably give you stable and consistent results. And then your job is to bring those results in at a greater efficiency. You cannot do that if you're spending money in five or ten different campaigns. You cannot do that if you're having trouble getting out of the learning phase. You cannot do that if you are trying to run ads in a bunch of different places for a bunch of different objectives. So my primary tip to everybody right now is take a look at your ad account. Understand, do I have more than one campaign per business objective? Is this campaign stable, accurate, and projectable? If not, is it necessary? And I would order all of your campaigns in the level of necessity that they bring and the value that they bring and see what you can cut. So many people try to accomplish too many things with their Facebook ad account, and that's one of the biggest reasons that they fail. You're serving too many masters. Crush one thing, then move along. All right. Now, next topic. We are burning straight through here. I love this. Next topic, dynamic creative. Dynamic Creative is a tool, and you can go to facebookblueprint.com to teach you how to use this. Don't pay anybody because that tool is free. Also, I have an ebook on it if you want to know the executional side and strategic end of it. But Dynamic Creative allows you to upload five to ten images, up to ten images or videos into, a, into an ad, and up to five sets of headlines and five sets of copy. Now, there are other things you can do, but we don't really need to worry about that stuff. You don't need to use every part of the cow here, just the things that are going to bring you the milk and cookies. So my point with all of that is Dynamic Creative puts all of those pieces together. Then the machine learning mines those in, in ways that it feels is going to deliver the best result. Now, why is this important to you? You could build out every single one of these combinations. Let's do a quick little math exercise. If you have five sets of copy, five sets of headlines, and five sets or five pieces of uh, images or video. What does that overall do for you? Well, overall, that is going to make 125 ads. Do you know how long it takes to build 125 ads? Do you know how likely you are to screw one of those things up? And do you understand that that's probably going to be a bigger liability to you because if it's inside of a dynamic creative, every penny spent on every impression actually informs the overall machine on how to win. And why this is really important is because you'll be able to test all of those things at scale while saving time and they're going to inform each other, which means at the end of the day, you are going to extract winners and find losers to remove much, much 
faster. So my number one recommendation for you right now is go to Facebook Blueprint, find the Dynamic Creative, or do the homework from today if you want that ebook, you can get it for free, and understand how do I set this thing up, why do how do I get it done, and then start to implement that versus any other creative testing. I've done this at scale. I've defined the best practices back with Facebook. Years ago, we've done it three or four different times. Believe me, Facebook has given me several hundred thousand dollars in coupons to define best practices. This is the way that everybody is doing it because it leans into what Facebook does, which is predictive understanding of consumer behavior based on big data. That's why you're using Facebook. That's the number one way of getting it done. Okay, next point, retargeting ads. Let me burst you, a lot of people's bubbles here real quick. Let's just get down to the nitty gritty. Retargeting ads aren't necessary. Most of the time, if you're doing a retargeting ad, you don't need to. Now, people say, well, I, you know, like, why are, well, there are two or three reasons why a retargeting ad might be really important. And let me bust every single one of them. Number one, people say that retargeting ads are really important because, well, you need to get a second touch. Somebody didn't buy the, the first touch, so I need to change what I'm talking to. Now, if, you, if somebody, if you don't get married at the end of your first date, that doesn't mean that you change who you are on the second date. Sometimes people don't buy because they weren't ready because they didn't have the credit card, because they clicked on your ad, but that wasn't even necessarily the first time they had seen it. So the idea that you need to devalue yourself or change a sales pitch screws up with the entire platform here on how we're going to layer in data. And also it's a massive misconception. Number two, if you don't have retargeting ad sets and you let your broad and your lookalikes see the entire funnel, they're going to do the retargeting for you. Understand that because now let me repeat this for you. Those campaigns will do retargeting, they already are. So unless you exclude them, Broad's gonna go after the people that it thinks are the best. Now who's better than somebody that abandoned cart 30 minutes ago, yesterday, and didn't make a purchase on your or any of your competitor's sites? Last point to this, and I see this happen constantly, is that people will make different ads and try to really test different messaging. Now, based to the first point, centralizing your ad spend. Will it bring an overall incremental lift to your total business to try to chase down creative testing for every single audience, for every single part of the funnel, all the way across every single business objective? Now, that is absolutely something that can work and in theory is fantastic and I see a lot of people preach it. The problem is unless you're spending $50,000, $100,000 a day, it's not really going to be helpful to you. And trust me, I've spent over a million a day and I've been able to get by with maybe having to do retargeting piece. Now, the last thing that we're going to touch on retargeting ads before we move along is again back to the centralizing ad spend if you are spending money in retargeting ads that means that your prospecting ads and your creative testing aren't getting better and we don't need to necessarily chase down a five or a 10x win what we need is the entire ecosystem to be more efficient over time all right so retargeting ads are a luxury problem that 90 percent of people don't need to work with if you're going to go retargeting ads use dynamic product ads if you have a catalog or if you have multiple products and can raise the aov of the customer retarget with an upsell bundle but don't exclude those users from your top of funnel that's called a rebuff sell it's inside of some of my ebooks and i'm more than willing to talk about it you can dm me if you want to we ran over on that section next piece attribution all right, now, attribution is a big piece. Everybody loves to talk about it, but let's get down to the bottom line. One-day click is the only piece that matters. What really matters here is 
What happens after one day, 24 hours after somebody clicks? And I get a lot of people saying, well, you know, it's high consideration and they need 21 days or seven days or all this other stuff. I'm not saying that you don't optimize towards a longer point. And I'm not saying that your customer doesn't need longer than one day to make a decision. But if you're trying to tell me that your average customer clicks on a Facebook ad, never sees an email, never goes to search, never gets an SMS, never talks to you, and three weeks later walks into your store and drops down $1,000, I'm going to tell you a bold-faced liar because that's not what happens. What we need to understand is how do we get somebody across the finish line because every platform is doing retargeting. And, and the other part of that is what we call duplicitous attribution, which is another reason why anybody that reports on something more than a one-day click is dealing in lies and taking credit for somebody else's work. Let me walk through the path here real quick. If I click on your ad and I go to your website, and then after I'm on your website, I uh, you know don't buy, but I search it again, and then I come back and I send up for an email list, and then I buy three days later. Your reporting from your email team is going to show a sale. Your search team is going to show a sale. And your Facebook team is going to show a sale. But your finance department understands that that's a check that your ass can't cash. You only made one. Now, you can try to make everybody feel good and then try to solve for a bigger problem of, well, what's the actual source of truth? Or you can see what got somebody across the finish line. And the goal here isn't that that is the single source of truth. Yes, you're going to miss data. Yes, you're not going to necessarily see the entire picture. Yes, you're not going to necessarily understand the complete customer journey, but no two customer journeys are exactly the same. What you need to do here more than anything is make that one-day click number more efficient. Trust me, if your one-day post-click number is at like a 0.5, and then you get it to like a 0.5x ROAS, or say it's a $50 sale, and then you get it to a 0.6 ROAS, or say a $45 sale, that's going to make every single aspect of your business improve because you're getting higher quality customers with a greater level of intent and a higher volume because you're scaling your efficiency, not your spend, because you're motivated around business success, not vanity metrics. And that's going to put higher quality customers into your store, which increases the conversion rate and efficiency of every single channel while wasting less people's time. And it's going to make it far, far easier for you to understand the implement the impl the impact of any tests that you implement. Brings us to our next section here. I hope you're following along. Number seven, post ID. Sorry, this is number five. Post IDs. Every ad has a post ID. Now this is something a lot of people aren't terribly hip to, but every Facebook ad and every Facebook post is actually a web page. Facebook in every social media site is just a search engine to see different web pages. Those web pages, if you click on them, have a set of numbers at the very end. That's called the post ID. The learnings inside of Facebook, and again, any algorithmic platform, happen at that level. Now, why is that important? If you are duplicating your ads, 50% or 80% of people, depending on how Facebook's internal tests are going, when you hit duplicate, you're making an identical copy of that ad. Now, that sounds great, but here's where you're setting your money on fire. If it's not referencing the same post ID, then you're every time you use that ad in a different ad set, you're starting them all over. While they look identical, they're not complementary to each other. You're not bringing incremental data. You're actually fighting against yourself to try to win. The way you solve for this is when you're building an ad, there's an option that says create ad. There's another option that says use existing posts. You want to use existing posts. And when you make an ad, I highly recommend that you document it inside of a, some Google Sheet or something somewhere so that you can 
understand the post ID for every single ad that you have so you can reference it later when you're building out campaigns so you're making sure that every penny goes to something that is complementary to business as is. If you are spending money that is not complementary to your other efforts, understand that what you are doing is backing a dumpster to a bonfire and throwing your money in it. That's bad for business overall. Next point is testing. The number one most important thing you can do inside of any ad account is to make sure that you are implementing the scientific method. Let me bring you back to fifth grade science class because most people forget that this is the number one most important thing. You need to establish a control element and then you need to follow it up by testing against it. Here's how we do it. We make sure we will get down everything so we have a stable, predictable, projectable result. Do you know what's gonna happen in this ad set, in this campaign by the end of the week? If so, great, you're ready to test against it. If not, then you need to simplify and stabilize that piece so that you do know. And because the reason we wanna do this is so that once you establish a control element, once you understand what's going to happen, you can then implement a test. And the point of your test is go, is specifically to try to beat that control element at scale over time in a stable and projectable way. If you say, this is my control, I'm going to make a test. You also need to write out a hypothesis. What do you think is going to happen? And it's not just in isolation. It's not just, well, this ad set or this targeting or this whatever improves X, Y, and Z. It's what is the effect on the account as a whole? If you end up doing really good results in that one place, but it taints the rest of the account, which I see all the time, then it's not good for you. A lost test, a loser test, is as informative or better than a win. So don't be upset. I lose seven or eight out of 10 of my tests, but I try to test things that are big wins. I want things that will make a 10, 15, 20, 50% change in my business so that I can lose far more often than I win. But it means in six months, I am no longer chasing down the same problems. I am actually moving forward with my business. So you don't have to chase your tail anymore. You can move on to other things. And just backing us up to our next point, number seven, avoid short wins. So many people are chasing down ones like, well, this somebody ran this audience and they got a 4X return and let me chase it down. And then what happened? They threw all their money at it and lost their damn shirt because they're trying to pull lottery tickets. Getting lucky is not a good business model. If you want to succeed, you need to focus on long-term gains, long-term growth, long-term problem solving. If you are spending all of your time right now trying to chase down the next best audience or the next best tactic or the next best hack and massively complicating your account, diversifying your ad spend so you're not centralizing your data and chasing down all of these different ads, which means you're not using post IDs and you're trying to chase down all of these different pieces, which means ultimately your ad spend is not adding incremental stability and projectability to your overall account. Well, you're probably going to lose and most people lose that way. And let me break it down in a very simple way. If you are chasing down 10 tests like 10 ideas, maybe you got nine or 10 different interest groups and lookalikes inside of a prospecting campaign because you're gonna chase down an audience. Number one, you're probably gonna get very low data across all of them. You might get a 5X return on one of them, but you're gonna have to lose in nine places to get that. Now, let's do this quick, simple test. If you buy 10 lottery tickets for a dollar, one of them brings you back $5 and the rest are losers, while you can feel good about yourself and post some bullshit on the internet about how I made 5X return, you actually lost half your money. 
That's the actual story around what happens for most of these people. And I want you to understand that because that's going to bring us to our biggest piece coming up next. Number eight, investment management. This is something that I see so many people misunderstand. What you need to be doing outside of creating stable, once you have stable elements and you are winning and you're and you have stuff that you can project and you can understand that are stable, that are bringing you results. When you want to increase your overall efficiency, what you need to do is start to increase your investment where things are good. I see so many times people say, well, my retargeting is 20%. It's 30% of my ad spend and my prospecting is X. And I know that that's what I need to be doing. So now I'm trying to solve a problem. My number one question to you is what happens if you make your retargeting more of your spend? If you can spend 500 bucks a day, 100 bucks a day, $10,000 a day, why are you spending any penny in prospecting if your retargeting is doing better than that? And I'm not saying you should turn off all your prospecting. My point is every penny that you spend at better than your result is a penny you don't need to spend at worse than your result. And what does that do? It changes the algebra of the equation. It means that you're investing more of your money where you're winning and investing less of your money where you're losing. What this does is it creates more wins. And ultimately, what this does, if you're making sales and this is a CPA game, is you're filling the data set with cheaper and cheaper purchases, which means that your broad and your lookalike are going after the people that they found. Now, if you're getting all $50 purchasers, the next purchase on lowest cost spending is likely to be 50 bucks. If you can in, instead increase your retargeting spend and maybe increase your efficiency and get it down to 45 or 40, that prospecting ad is going to get more efficient because the data set that it's looking to to understand what a good customer is is actually better. So when you can train the algorithm to understand what more efficient stuff looks like, then you're going to be in a place where you can actually begin to really win. There's a law of diminishing returns here, and you need to be mindful of that. But if you're not running your ad account like an investment banker, then you are definitely throwing money away. The too long didn't read version of this, to quote my man Robert, is simple. Spend your money where you're winning and borrow from money that you're losing. Spend as much money as you can where you're better than your goal and then spend all the pennies that you have left someplace else that will allow you to spend more where you're doing better than your goal. That's the ultimate goal here. I used to work with somebody and she would call it water for the fountain. We have this beautiful money-making fountain. In this case, it was her DPA retargeting campaign. How do we get more people? Well, once it maxes out, we need to increase our prospecting spend so that we get more site traffic so that we can do that. So that was a, a, a big hack that we got for her. The last point here, and I know I've been blazing through this stuff, but uh, this, again, is in an ebook, and then I'm going to build something else around it. We're going to have like 30 minutes to an hour on each one of these slides, but I'm glad you're sitting with me. This last piece is simplicity. Look, we're home. The last step here is simplicity. Now, I'm going to challenge you with something. I'm going to bring break down some you know slightly difficult news. It's really simple to solve a problem by making things more complicated. It's really complicated to solve a problem with simplicity. Let me break this down for you, though. If you can find a way to solve a problem that makes things easier, nine times out of ten, you're going to get a better result. If you make things more complicated to solve your problem, you are most likely going to create a difficult situation. Let me break this down in a different way. The more complicated you are, the less likely you are to have stability and the more work you're going to put in. Now, basically what this means is if you're solving your problem by making things more complex, you are ruining the stability of the account and forcing yourself to work harder. Now, working harder doesn't mean that you're going to get a better result. 
Working harder means that you're taking on more of the burden instead of trusting the single greatest machine ever invented by humanity to create intent using big data at scale at large since the dawn of man and woman on the face of the earth. You're saying, screw that. I want to feel smart. So I'm going to lose while feeling smart and possibly being a victim of this terrible thing that's a complete scam. Or I can win by letting the machine do its job. Either you trust the factory or you go out on your own. Don't middle. If you're in the middle, you're going to lose. I can assure you, fewer and simpler problems lead to better ones. Try to solve your problem by making things simple. It makes it a lot harder. But if you can win by stabilizing and simplifying, that means you're going to spend less and less time inside of Facebook. You're going to get better and better results. And it means you can spend the rest of your time either enjoying life or working on your customer service, improving your attic, improving your like website, or all of these other things that entrepreneurs and adverts really need to actually focus on. If you don't have the time to actually improve your product and your business, it's probably because you're spending too much time on Facebook. If you're spending too much time on Facebook, well, it probably is because you're trying to solve problems by being smart and complex. And that's ultimately a losing battle because, again, you're just chasing down short wins. You're not diversifying. You're, you're overly diversifying your ad accounts. So you're not centralizing. You're probably not using any bit of dynamic creative when you're doing that or you're doing like a thousand of them. Then you're trying to change your attribution model to try to chase things down. You're most likely screwing up post IDs and you're not able to implement really good testing. And when all that happens, you can't properly invest manage your investments, which ultimately brings us back to the whole point of how to build a winning Facebook ad account in 2021. That's how you do it. Now, homework. If you like this show and you had a good time, let me tell you the homework you can do today to get this ebook for free or 50% off facebookdisruptor.com. This is going to be simple. I would love it if you can take any one of the topics that we covered today and tell me in two sentences, how this applies to you. And that's going to be simple. I'm over, you know, I, my, my ad spend is on too many different places. Or I haven't used dynamic creative yet because X. Or I'm using retargeting ads over here and this is what I'm seeing. Or I'm using seven-day click, one-day view to, uh, to pull in my data because X. Or I didn't know post IDs existed. How do I find that? Or, you know, I, how do I conduct testing in a better way? Or, well, my friend's getting a 10X doing this one thing. He can only spend five bucks a day on it, but it feels good. Or how do I improve my investment management? Or how do I solve a problem of being sim simple? I just gave you the answer to all the homework right there. So if you do any of those things, then you message me. You can get 50% off FacebookDisruptor.com or this ebook or any other ebook from me for free. DM, let me know what I can do to help you out.